Hello and welcome to the next season of the Pig X Podcast. It's hard to believe we're now beginning our fourth season, sharing about the Swine Livability Project, the research, and the people involved in the project. I'm your host, Delaney Howell, and on today's episode, we're chatting about another parallel grant, the PROSPER grant. Dr. Daniel Linares, the project director for the PROSPER grant, and the Roy A. Schultz Associate Professor of Swine Population Medicine and the Director of the Graduate Education at Iowa State University, is joined alongside Edison Magaliaz, the Project Coordinator and a Graduate Research Assistant at Iowa State University, to chat about their work on the grant. Let's pick it up first, hearing from Daniel and Edison about how they came up with the idea to integrate data for swine production systems. So yeah, actually, this 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 idea, uh, I started to work in, in 2019 when I got here to do my master's with, with, with Daniel. And Daniel actually had this idea and he had done some work on integrating data streams for, for a production system in order to, for that time, it was specifically for, for uh, PERS uh, 184, if I'm not wrong, right, Daniel? 174? Yeah, that was in 2014. I was working with Bob Morrison, and it was when the 174 yeah. first virus just emerged, and then uh, we were working with uh, uh, specifically with Iowa Select Farms. The data is now published now, and the question was, hey, we are seeing a spike in mortality here. We need to finish mortality, and we are we are also seeing this uh, increased incidence of this new PERS. How much of this new mor- uh, increased mortality is due to PERS and versus everything else? And then to answer, help them answer that question, we we started assembling their spreadsheets, their available data, and put put together the health status and productivity, so on and so forth, to help uh, answer that question. And long story short, yes, indeed, the the lots that the growing pig lots that were infected with uh, 174, they had increased mortality. And then uh, at that time, we did in a way that we call the brute force method. So really going to the spreadsheets and doing all that process manually. So it took a couple of months to get everything uh, aligned and validated and cleaned and so on and so forth. And that w- that's when Edison came and really took it to the next level, which is developing uh, algorithms using SAS, the, the software, to do that process in automated fashion so that every time the data is updated, either weekly or daily, somebody could push a button and then the analysis is repeated. Now, before we get too much further into the episode, let's share some quick background about the PROSPER grant. This grant that was awarded by USDA's NIFA is focused on identifying predictors of swine performance to further develop the pilot program that Edison and Daniel started a few years ago. This grant has been able to add more cyber infrastructure for the team and has given them additional resources needed to dive deeper into the data analysis and share their findings to producers about the meaning of the integration between productivity, health, diagnostics, environmental, and so many other data layers. But how did this research and conversation that started years ago eventually lead to them applying for the grant? When we started to, to to work on on kind of automating the process of integrating data streams, so if you think about one production system that they would have 
productivity data, diagnostics, health management, antibiotic records. There are many different data streams within a production system. And as we, we started to work with, with these production systems and do that, like Daniel said, in the brute force, we started doing the automation. So creating these codes algorithms to automate 100% of the, of, the, of the methods. So since importing the data, integrating, cleaning, and then the analysis. So the Prosper grant actually came from, from that through basically it's the, it's the whole process uh, it's well described on this Prosper grant, which is basically consists on developing a, a cyber infrastructure. That's kind of the first step where we will uh, build uh, a system, an infrastructure to receive data from, from production systems uh, that will be separately and, and respecting confidentiality. And for each production system, we built the codes within this cyber infrastructure to automate all the process of collecting, managing, and integrating these data streams. And after that, the second step is basically analyzing and investigating what, what are behind the scenes there in, in, for, that, uh, for that information. So we call that the master table. When we finish the, the, the process of integrating the data streams, we call that the master table. And on the Prosper grant, the three types of analysis that we have for the, for the master table will be uh, first identify what are the, the major risk factors impacting performance for a production system. Uh, and after that, we do causal inference analysis, which is a, a, a more specific, a more uh, uh, specific way to analyze and answer one specific question than just comparing raw means. And the last one is to forecast productivity based on your retrospective performance of other groups. So that the Prosper grant is basically uh, this, the process of building this cyber infrastructure that it's going to automate the process of doing all these steps with the data and then these three different types of analysis. As we know from past episodes, there is a ton of research being done in the swine industry. So why did the two decide to focus specifically on data? So why, why focus on data? because the impact of diseases and the, and the productivity of, a, of a swine populations under field conditions is really unique to each system, right? It depends on the co-infections, co it depends on the, on the environmental factors, on stocking density and uh, ventilation, it depends on a lot, of, a lot of things. You just can't get the literature data and extrapolate to any, product, any producer. So, by working with data, producer-specific data, we could arrive to producer-specific uh, answers in terms of what's, what's the impact of specific diseases or disease status, what's the specific kind of uh, interactions between all those factors that we've, we've been mentioning, right? Only their data can tell what's going on in their own system. And the major, the major advantage of that also is that Nowadays, most of the producers, they are already collecting a lot of information. So that's a, a current and standardized practice uh, in, in modern swine production system. So pretty much everyone is already collecting a lot of information. So the, the data is already there, is already available. The integration of, of that is, that, is the, the missing component. And that's what we try to, to help here, the producers. This is like a, a system-specific uh, task but that's the, the work with whatever they have 
and they have a lot of information, really valuable information that might not be always uh, on their end, might be with the veterinary diagnostic laboratory, for example, but the data is already there. So that, that was the, the motivation to start integrating that and helping that to answer uh, some system-specific questions. Prior to the PROSPER grant officially starting, Daniel and Edison were working solely with Iowa Select Farms to collect and analyze data. But after being awarded the grant, they were also able to expand their work into four other swine production systems. One additional location in the U.S., two in Brazil, and one in Mexico, which are still ongoing today. Now, although there may not be a standard way to collect and analyze the data at these facilities, as trends, platforms, and collection methods are continuously evolving, there are some standard ideas and goals that the two shared about the ongoing research the PROSPER grant continues to focus on. We don't see that uh, there's like a standard way to, uh, a standard system for, for that can be applicable for other producers, because that's, like I mentioned, I think this is a very system-specific that the type of data being used in, within a production system, there are many different softwares being utilized, and that may change over time within the production system. And when you start to compare different producers, they're all different uh, using different softwares. So uh, the, the idea is to stimulate with, the, with this grant, we are stimulating producers to take advantage of the data that they are already collecting so that their the, the data is available on their own. And develop this concept of, uh, promote this concept of integrating this information to support precision swine health and product production management. So utilize our own information to get uh, from the data insights, uh, you, you, you support your, your, your decisions in the system. Yeah, and to you, back to your why do we do it, what's the end goal? Regardless of how we assemble the data, one of the end goals is to offer this opportunity to benchmark within and between the producers participating in this in this program the factors that are associated with survivability and growth performance right could be some other outcomes but at least those through mortality and average daily gain and so people would understand down to the decimal right what's the effect of my my disease a status disease b status disease c status and and feeder type, like Edison said, and, and all these other data streams that we talked about. So people have the chance now to understand what's going on in their own in their own reality, whether there is a, a trial that they want to run to compare, for example, two vaccine protocols under their own conditions, or to basically understand how, how what's the variation of my mortality or average daily gain, and what are the factors that are associated with lower or higher performance. The name of the game over the last five plus years really has been data and collecting data, which has led to enormous amounts being collected on farms every day. As the team was looking at the type of data to collect, deciding that was an important factor in the ongoing research. They start with the farm, so farm characteristics all the way from south farms to nurseries and finishes or winter finish barns. So what's the type of the farm size, lay, some information about the layout uh, of feeder those farms, feed, feeder types, that type of information. 
productivity data from all the way again from breeding to farrowing to weaning and then all the way through finishing. Uh, diagnostics information, including the specific pathogens and strains or genotype information of of, of the of such pathogens. Histopathology data when 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 available, and health status. People track status of things like PERS, PD, sometimes other diseases too, like Michael. And so health status for selected diseases. And uh, some random variables, like for example, just the time uh, of the year when the lots were placed, so to account for seasonality and other on a, in other factors. Yeah, and also adding on that, uh, a lot of the producers, they will be recording information related to, for example, medication protocols, mm -hmm. Uh, vaccination protocols, different vaccines being used. So are different protocols being used, let's say one or two doses, di different timings. So most of the times this data is not being like analyzed collectively with other information, like for example, with the winning age of those groups. So that's the, the advantage of like integrating all these pieces that, that Daniel just mentioned. Uh, and so, yeah. These, there are many also management factors or interventions uh, that are recorded, so we can uh, include that as well. The PROSPER grant research has been set up to focus on three very specific types of analysis. The first type of analysis, risk factor analysis, aims to reveal the major drivers of swine performance or the risk factors that impact mortality. The second uses causal effects analysis to identify important selected factors to establish what is the specific effect of specific variables. And the third, forecasting analysis, forecasts productivity of recently weaned pigs. Regardless of the variable, what can I as a producer expect for my mortality rates? Is it going to be high? Is it going to be low? What is the data telling me? So yeah, basically, those two first analyses, the risk factor analysis and the causal inference analysis, is trying to investigate the impact of specific factors on my on, on here we are measuring wind to finish mortality and average daily gain. But also based on pretty much the first analysis that we did when we start analyzing data from multiple systems and different time uh, frames, and always salt farm was an important factor uh, in terms of uh, higher uh, performance in the south farm in, with a higher performance in the in the winter finish phase we start making that question uh, what if we use the information from the south farm and at placement uh, in the nursery to predict what's going to be the downstream mortality or average daily gain of the groups because our data was indicating that when we start to analyze so we built what we are doing now, what we call the, the forecasting analysis, where we pretty much focus on using the information, all information available from this master table related to the south farm specifically, what happened in the pre-weaning phase. So productivity, health, infrastructure, management, multiple information from that specific phase, and integrate that with the information related to to the groups of pigs when they are placed in nursery sites. So which nursery sites, the location, the conditions, uh, informa overall information for those groups and use that to predict what's going to be the mortality. So for that, we, we, we basically uh, use different machine learning and forecasting models 
to in, in, in a data set of around two, three years of retrospective closeouts to train the models using that information. So we train these different models in retrospective data. And from that, we select the model that had the best performance on this data. And then we start to, to apply that same uh, approach in new data, in, in new incoming data uh, where the, for groups that are being placed. With the idea here of at weaning, when you place pigs in the nursery, you use that information and you run the model, taking advantage of the, of the algorithms that allow this automated uh, integration of data to predict the downstream mortality of those groups. And when we start doing that, the model had an accuracy of around 77% in predicting groups that are, that are going to have a high or low nursery mortality. By meaning high, we, 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 the cutoff of, of the company was above 5% for nursery mortality and below uh, 5%. So using that model, the forecasting model, we had an accuracy of 77%. So basically uh, a, a positive predicted value of around 89%. So saying that when the model said that the, the, the groups were going to have a high mortality, the, that happened 89% of the times. So it's uh, uh, still uh, room for improvement, but a really very exciting, uh, uh, encouraging results to keep investigating. As Edison previously shared, there is no standard method for collecting data, but the algorithm created as a part of this project is able to help them sift through the loads of data that is collected. And more data is going to be collected for at least another two years. Daniel and Edison have recently started to share their process of integrating and collecting the data, building the data process pipeline, and how they've analyzed these factors separately before building out a master table to help them identify and rank drivers of wean-to-finish performance using causal inferences through observational data to ultimately forecast swine productivity. What are the key factors impacting more specifically uh, mortality, wean-to-finish mortality and average daily gain? And once we, we integrate this data and we start to analyze for the systems that we've done that, we saw that sow farm is a key factor impacting the downstream performance in the growing phase. So we, we saw more specifically productivity and health factors related to the sow farm. They are really associated with the downstream performance of the pigs. For example, pigs that are weaned from a younger weaning age, that's a key factor that is associated with higher uh, wean to finish mortality and lower average daily gain uh, downstream and also disease factors, for example, mycoplasma, uh, PERS, of course, it's a key component, but those factors from the South Farm really impacting the downstream performance. And we have a, a, a publication on that, uh, more specifically, where we build a multi-variable model, basically a model with 14 variables related to the South Farm, and that explains it almost 68% of the variation of wind-to-finish mortality. So, basically saying that 68% of the variation of what's happening in the downstream wind to finish mortality was explained by those factors related to the sulfur. So that was one of the major findings that we found. Of course, we, a lot of people would expect that the effect of the sulfur, but how much in, in my season under my conditions? And after that, after doing this macro, what we call like a macro uh, analysis, 
to identify what are the risk factors impacting performance. So like I mentioned, uh, productivity, health. We can also focus on factors related to the growing phase and the, and the downstream mortality, for example, the impact of disease. So one of the things that we did is to analyze diagnostics uh, of groups. So groups in the growing phase that had a diagnostic uh, from a tissue submitted to the, to the VDL, which pathogens, which diseases were, uh, uh, were associated with mortality and how much of mortality uh, disease pathogen A or B is impacting on mortality. So we started to see that pretty much that the, the interactions with PERS are key findings. So of course, groups that were diagnosed with influenza or strep or glacerella, all these groups, they had a higher mortality compared to the others. But when we started to see the interaction of, so both PERS and those secondary bacterial pathogens occurring in, on those groups, those groups, they had a higher mortality compared to groups without a, a, a diagnosis for those pathogens. Again, something expected, but how much? What's the, the, the variation? So that's what we are trying to do. And that led us to the second part of the analysis, which is the causal inference analysis, because it's pretty common nowadays to analyze data using uh, what we call like a, a comparing raw means or pivot tables, that's a kind of a, a common practice, unfortunately. Uh, and that when you do that, there's a lot of room for wrong interpretation or wrong estimates. So what we, we have been using is called a, a causal analysis. So it's pretty much summarizing will be like a, a, a retrospective blocking, kind of what we do with, with experimental studies, but using observational data. But here we use a method called the propensity score, which more specifically we call, we use a method named the doubly robust uh, inverse probability weighting, where we pretty much use the data that you already have observational data and you want to answer, for example, what's the impact of pathogen, uh, for example, PERS on the south farm, how much PERS is costing uh, or uh, impacting in terms of, of nursery mortality. So for that, we use those causal inference analysis where we control for all the other factors and we have a better estimate. So when you, just an example, when you compare like raw means or the, 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 the pivot table approach, the impact of PERS in the South Farm on nursery mortality was of around 2.5% uh, increasing mortality, nursery mortality, but using the same data for the same system, but this method, which is more appropriate, that uh, impact of pretty much doubled, so it was 5.38 uh, using the same analysis. So it, it's important, once you have the, the, the master table, that's an advantage that, that you can take because you have other variables uh, there that you can control that you, you previously could not do that. Ultimately, the team is looking for the most sustainable way to collect data, which presents a lot of opportunities for the swine production industry to utilize this data. But when asked if the industry was utilizing the data to its full potential and what still needs to be done, this is what the two had to share about that question. We believe that people capture their data for uh, a specific point in time reason. If you think about diagnostics, I'm seeing something here. I'm going to do a diagnostic for that specific flow. And same thing, mortality, let me track what's going on in this flow. 
but once that data is used for that specific point in time, the data a lot of times is sitting on the drawer, right? And so what we are doing with here is assembling all that historic data and then keep going that over time for uh, prospectively is to continue to extract value of that data, consolidating with the rest of the data set, right? And the rest of those point in time um, readings for not spe for a specific uh, uh, site or a specific pig, but for the whole population of sites, the population, the whole production system, or uh, all the sites all together from the producer. So we're helping them to understand more like the the population aspect of the data and how the what does that means in the long term for this to support decisions going forward, right? To kind of beat the beat the odds and keep improving their their data with uh, keep improving their performance with their uh, their own data based on what happens in their own field. Yeah, and also ultimately, ultimately it stimulate other systems to do the same approach. So like Daniel said, this is the data sitting there. It's it's kind of a reality. Uh, so hopefully what, what we are doing here and part of this grant using these systems as a, uh, let's say the, the, the first case are of people doing that, but that hopefully will stimulate other systems because like I mentioned, all the systems nowadays, they, they already are, are doing the big part, which is to collect that information. So the data is already being collected. So there's a there's a lot of opportunity once you start to integrate that information. So hopefully uh, the results from this study will stimulate others. As Edison mentioned, a major goal to continue forward with is to find ways to encourage producers to stimulate other systems, which unfortunately leaves more questions to be answered. In our mind, it's uh, what we're doing here is it, it doesn't stop here. It's, it's, it's an ongoing process, right? So I think it's, it's still, there's still the need to keep, keep doing what, uh, what, what we are doing here uh, over time because those interactions between the, the infectious agents and environment and, and everything else that happens in that population, it's very dynamic. When a new virus emerges, for example, a new variant emerges, it's going to likely be of high uh, pathogenicity, so it's going to be associated with high mortality. As time goes by, with herd immunity being built up, people vaccinate or create immunity for that specific pathogen, that mortality is not going to be as high. It's just, that new variant now is just more of the same. And when do you draw that line? When do you know that the, the new strain that was highly pathogen, now now it's not highly anymore in relative terms. Well, you, you need to keep keep making those observations in the field, right? And so in our mind, this is an ongoing, on-farm, ongoing observation of what's going on. And so that producers and veterinarians have better understanding of the of all those interactions to better influence health and productivity in a continuous fashion. As we get to that point in our episode, it's time for some take-home messages provided by Daniel and Edison with some major points to share as we wrap up our time today. Producers, other professionals, they, they, they go to the literature to understand what, is, what are the factors that impact their performance. That's all great. They should keep doing that. 
but then to to understand what is the effect of the specific uh, pathogens or variables of interest, they gotta go and look in their own own data because, as we said before, these interactions between pathogens and everything else is very dynamic and it's ever changing. So, got gotta ask their own data. Uh, Edison talked about the, that sow farm productivity is important not only for the sow farm but for the quality of winning pig and so that is a really high proxy and predictor of downstream performance the better the sow farm is reaching their genetic potential the more you expect in terms of productivity downstream too so we gotta keep delivering that message that what happens in the south farm carries on all the way through. And uh, the, the other learning point here is that not only PERS, but Michael, we have examples of Seneca, PD, Delta coronavirus, rotaviruses, some other agents that that disease status matters and the co-infections matter. So we enco encourage people to measure those as best as, as they can and track that over time because again, disease status they matter and it's not only only the the highly pathogenic strains that you can think about like the new emerging PERS virus it's everything else so the more people can track closely their disease status the more information they will have in terms of what to expect in terms of mortality average daily gain and that's gonna better inform them on how can i how much should i invest in terms of health interventions to decrease that predicted high mortality, right, in terms of vaccinations or changes in peak flows or changing temperatures and doing some extra things in the barn to, to help those pigs to succeed. The power really is all about the data. A big thank you to everyone for joining us in season four of the PigX podcast. We'll be back next month with more great content. So until next time, I'm Delaney Howell, and this has been the PigX Podcast. PigX is a national podcast hosted by the Pig Livability Project partners at Iowa State University, Kansas State University, and Purdue, and supported by the Iowa Pork Industry Center. For more information on the project, head to www.piglivability.org, or to inquire directly with questions regarding the project, email ipic at iastate.edu. Big X. Ideas in the swine industry worth sharing.